Welcome into Dopio. What is this? Well, Dopio is a double espresso meant to wake you up. And our double espresso are the people. And I'm your host, Dante. My usual host, Donnell, is not here today. However, we have someone for an interview, and I'm super excited. So, welcome into season two of Dopio, where we seek to wake people up. Being woke isn't just a product of being a progressive. Being woke is understanding the world around you. And that's our goal. Through conversation, through confrontation, to bring the views of the world to you. So, how are we doing that today? Well, I have an interview with someone that's very special to me. So, let's get to it. Okay, and welcome in to another interview, but this time I have someone truly special to me. I mean, every one of my interviews are special, but this one is truly special um, because I have um, the beautiful woman that had to deal with me for about 18 years. <laughs> all of my shenanigans, all of my, my yelling and crying and screaming while also raising um, other amazing young men and now raising a, a young woman. Uh, she's a army vet. Uh, she's a cancer survivor. She's uh, a sorority girl, but I, I, I don't want to get the sorority wrong. So <laughs> I'm gonna let her introduce the sorority. But um, above all, she's my mother. And uh, I'm happy to have her here on Dopio. Welcome in. Uh, her name is Kat. I'll be calling her mom. Welcome in, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm 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 happy. I'm excited. Uh, don't be nervous. I, I promise I won't bite. All right. So um, today I wanted to talk to you about um, you know you're you're in America. You're living in the South, um, and um, there are a lot of things going on right now. Um, just kind of first, give me your frame of mind. Like, how do you frame everything that's happening right now with coronavirus and the election and all these things? Yeah. How do you? How's your frame of mind right now? You know, it's an emotional roller coaster uh, because first you got to think about what's going on as far as racism. That's scary to me because I have sons and I have sons that drive. So my concern is always, oh my goodness, if they get stopped by the cops, did I teach them what to do? Did I tell them what to do? Well, they know what to do. So that's scary. So I think about that all the time. So I call them like every other day just to make sure they're okay. And though they know what to do, my concern is maybe that police officer is having a bad day. And maybe, you know, they do the wrong thing, even though my sons do the right thing. So that's one thing. Uh, then there's COVID. Um, you know, your sister, she might go to school online. It's going to be hard to balance her going to school and me helping her with her work and me working at home because I can work at home. Uh, we struggled. We struggled that last semester because I trusted her to do her work. And then in the end, it was a lot of work she didn't do. So we were up until midnight catching up on homework. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. Um, one positive thing I can say is that my job is just wonderful. They are very accommodating. I can work at home every day of the week if I want to. Uh, I don't have to go in. I just go in probably once a week. Uh, but they're very supportive, very supportive of the family uh, because they know what's going on. So they have a lot of uh, things in place so that if you do go in, you're definitely safe. You know, wearing the mask, uh, getting your temperature taken. And I work, I have my own office, so it's not that bad. So I don't have to wear my mask all day. But if you're in cubicles, you have to wear your mask all day. So the company that I work for is, oh my gosh, they are wonderful as far as making sure that the family is supported during everything, even with the racism situation, our CEO, he sent out a memo uh, and he was very transparent in saying that some things he didn't know about and he's learning about them and asking us to help him learn these things. Switching gears, what are some things that you would suggest to parents, you know, having kids that are coming of age or, you know, want to give their kids a, a talk uh, to protect them? from this world out there? Do you know, conversation. Have the hard conversations with your kids and don't think that they're too young to know. 
because they're not. Uh, there's there's no age minimum where you need to start talking to them about what's going on in the world. Uh, I think that you all were pretty easy because to me, I think that the military is, military kids are kind of different um, because there's diversity all around you. So yep. it's kind of different when you talk to military kids because you don't have some conversation you really don't have to have because yeah. <laughs> I mean it's they're not I guess aware or familiar with some environments like Reese. Uh she's still kind of, you know, I I'm talking to her now, but the things that she don't know is because her dad's in the military. So every summer, every other Christmas she's with him so there's diversity and then she comes back and if I take her somewhere but he's good about taking her to like Florida where he's from Mm -hmm. and then she sees a totally different world and she's like oh my gosh so he kind of balances her out so that's good but it's just some conversation that I didn't have to have because of the military Um, so I, I really can't give advice except keep the lines of communication open Talk about everything. You know, yeah. Reese has to tell me sometimes, Mom, I'm only 12 because I don't sugarcoat anything. I tell her like it is. Here's, here's, you know, and even with politics, she reads up on it. If she doesn't believe me, she'll read up on it. And she'll say, Mom, hey, I read this and, you know, you were wrong about this. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. You're right. Yeah. And it's okay to be wrong. Parents need to understand. If you're wrong, say you're wrong. Don't make, <laughs> don't make an excuse so you can't be wrong because, you know, we're human. We're going to be wrong. And if you're wrong, you need to say it to your child. Oh, my gosh, I was wrong. I remember the first time that you ever said that to me. I was I was well into my teenage years when you said it. And I was aghast. I was I was like, what? Like, you're what? I, like, I yeah. can't believe it. But you're right. Like, um psychologically speaking um you admitting like any kind of wrongs to your kids like it matures them because it lets them know oh my mom or or, or adults in general are still growing just like yeah. i'm still growing mm-hmm. so um it, i think it encourages them to continue to advance their studies and to continue to like kind of look into things um, yeah. But you you touched on my my forte, so let's hop into it. Politics. Yes, um, and I've learned so much, and I have been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I so see your, I, I get your perspective now. I didn't until I talked to Keith. And so I what, learned so much. What did you think before? So before, let's give the people some background. So okay. prior to your conversation with Keith, uh, my brilliant little brother, um, what you know, what was kind of your perspective on things? And then we'll go from there. I was thinking that there was a big difference between the two people who are going to come together and run. Yeah. I thought that the gap was so huge that it's black and white. Yeah. And I realized the, that one second mm-hmm. by two people do you mean Biden and Trump or do you mean yes. Biden okay. Biden and Trump uh, I thought that there was a big gap and there is when it comes to some things but when you were I was looking at your podcast that you had and I was so mad because you were saying these things and I was like that's not true that's not true that's not true then when I talked to Keith I said I get it I get it because you were saying um, something to the effect of they're the same people. Yeah. They just ride. And yeah. I didn't get that because I didn't believe that. But once I talked to Keith, I understood. But then I was still a little upset. And, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about yeah. it. Because I'm sure you're going to ask some questions. It's going to bring up why I was upset about it. Yeah. Um, cause I, I went in, um, and as uh, my father could attest, like I get incensed, I get pretty incensed about, um, 
this political uh, the political theater because I, I did see this as an opportunity for some drastic changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think South I think what I think what I took it personally was South Carolina was like um, was basically the black voting state. Um, and uh, when South like when South Carolina happened and you know like there was an endorsement by one black congressman and then all black people fell in line, I felt betrayed. Not only because I'm from, like I call South Carolina home, but I mm-hmm. felt like all the black people moved one way because of one person. And it bothered me because I feel like every black mind is different and should come to the, their own conclusion. Right. Um, so yeah, I got really mad. And everyone who was like, oh, just just follow Biden, blah, blah, blah. I, I was like, yo, what? Like. I was raged, enraged. Yeah. Well, you know, and I saw that in Kentucky. Uh, it was Booker and I can't think of the female's name. Um, uh, Amy. McGrath. She's a Marine. I think she's a Marine vet. Well, yes. I read up on her and I was like, oh, I like her. I want her to win. Then I saw Booker and I was like, and I put on Facebook, who is this guy? You know, and my concern was i don't care if you're black or white i'm not gonna vote for you just because you're black so if you're black thinking oh i'm gonna get katrina's vote oh no 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 it's not about (laughs) the race it's about what you stand for so i think a lot of black people were voting for him because he was black not looking at the background and that's what i did with her and i was like "Ooh, i like her and then I had just heard about him. I had never heard of him before, even though I ne- had never heard of her. But when I looked at his background, I didn't feel like he was qualified enough, even though I don't live in Kentucky. But I'm thinking about my family who do live in Kentucky. Yeah. So when she won, I was happy, but a lot of the black people were upset. And yeah. I'm thinking, you you only voted for him because he was black. Did you, what, I mean, other than him being black, what did, what was he gonna bring to the table? And this is this is where we diverge again. What he brought to the table was he was a progressive. Like he was willing to listen to the people's voices. And I think that like one of the things that people were worried about with Amy was she was willing to concede. And this is kind of what people are worried about with Biden too. She's willing to concede something to the right. And people are tired of concessions. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's one of the legacies of Barack Obama that I was not a fan of, um, was that he conceded a lot. And when he conceded, they used it against him. I'll give you an example. Um, he said, or his uh, Obamacare, the original one, the original Obamacare was what Medicare for all is supposed to be. Like it was taking care of everyone. Everyone could see the, the same doctor, so on and so but forth. No. no. It, now here, this is where the concession happened. It went to Congress, and then he started negotiating, like, "Oh, we mm-hmm. can take this off. We can take this off." But yeah. by the time it finished, it was a mess. And that mess they used against him, like, "Oh, well, he said you could, you could uh, keep your doctor. Well, you can't. No, nope. it's his nope. fault. Like, no, it was your fault. You did this in Congress, but because he conceded, because he was yeah. trying to make the big compromise, mm-hmm. they used it against him." And yeah. so I saw what I saw in him, I see in Biden, as I see in uh, McGrath, the, uh, uh, the candidate from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am wrong in one thing, and we can talk about that too, because I get really mad and I lash out at everyone for this. And it's, I'm not willing to concede anything. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I know, and you know, and that's hard and i think sometimes you have to and i and i think that's where we differ because sometimes i feel like you know if you you're gonna have to make a compromise everything can't be your way you're gonna have to give a little to get a little as they say so i think that nothing's wrong with that as long as you're not compromising important things important i mean things that i mean like obamacare for instance it is expensive uh, yeah. You, the I think the deductible is more expensive than what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. But it does have some good things, things too, like uh, pre-existing conditions. Um, yeah. And 
I mean, it had some good and bad, but I think that the good outweighs the bad. Absolutely. And then I was thinking, okay, so what kind of healthcare system does Trump want? Well, I'm still waiting. It's been what, almost four years. I'm waiting. He just taking names off of everything. He's trying to do the opposite of what Obama did. Well, just tell me what you want to do. Let's let's see what you want to do. I mean, it might be better than Obamacare, but I'm still waiting. Yeah, and that's uh, that's like I think that's basically politics these days. It's okay. That guy wants to do this thing. I don't want to do that. Vote for me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that's how I thought about watching the Democratic primary too. It was mm-hmm. one person or maybe two people having a bunch of ideas, like. And other people saying, that's crazy. Let's do normal stuff. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Let's ask for crazy and then compromise to normal. Let's not ask for normal and compromise to nothing. That's good. I like that. So, um, and that and that was just the way I was thinking at the time. But I understand that people are afraid. And that's something I underestimated. That's something I underestimated. What can you, uh, how, how do you feel about um, this election? Because I know fear has a, has a part to play in it, but how, what was your mind going through as this process was going, uh, or going on, especially since you're in the South as well? It, it's scary to me. And what scares me is just, you know, Trump's values and morals and the I mean, not even thinking about the the things that he's supposed to do for the entire country, just the things that he's doing underhanded. We're really not not even that because he's right in our face doing it. Uh, it's, it's scary to me. You know, I, the racism, I think, and some people might not feel this way. I just think that it, it is it's out there now because he's like condoning it. He's not doing anything to calm the situation down he's making it worse and that's my concern yeah um and just his his values are just they're awful i i've never seen anybody like i would have never thought that he was this type of person i mean i watched some of his television shows and he seemed fun you know i never would have thought this was the same person you know i i have this theory and people kind of laugh at me when I say it. I have this theory that this isn't who Trump is at all. This is who he must be to win. Um, and he's pathologically obsessed with the idea of winning. Yes. And so he'll become, he'll do, he'll say anything to win. Now, if he thinks that's being racist, he'll be racist. If he thinks that's being kind, he'll be kind. But he put his finger in the air and thought to himself, wow. It feels like hate's gonna win. Then I'll win with hate. Mm. So, and, and when you look at what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement now versus "quote unquote" all lives matter, hate is winning. Like that, that division is winning. I um, mean, so like I, I don't know if he's a genius or if he's just lucky and he can just he knows how to manipulate people. I mean, that's business after all. Oh yeah, he does. But he's doing a fantastic job of reading the air, um, and it's some. That's actually something that we say in uh, in Japan. You got to know how to read the air, mm. um, and if you don't, you end up with like an idiot, and everyone sees it but you. And yeah. that's how I feel like the media is. But enough enough about my opinion. I want to get back to yours. So, after but do you think that? Do oh, you think that? If he wins, that he's going to change. You think he's doing this? If you say you think he's doing this just to win, so if he wins, do you think that he'll change? No, I don't. <laughs> I think winning. I think will, winning will be validation of the behavior. It's like it, yes. it's like when a kid acts out. Like they're acting out for the attention. Like so, it's like okay, so I can do two things. I can ignore him, and he keeps acting out. Or mm-hmm. I can give him attention, and will it stop? And you have to make that kind of like that kind of judgment call. Mm-hmm. Like with parenting, it's easy, like because you can say, okay, 
if I do this, then this, and I can I can try it out and see what happens. You right. can't try out an election. That, that's <laughs> right. You can't. You cannot. So, uh, and I, I think that's that's one of the things that I. That's why I understand why people are like you have to vote for Biden because people are like, yo, we can't. Like you know, I had this this uh, this acronym that I say, uh, f around and find out. Like <laughs> we can't we can't f around anymore. <laughs> like right. we we found out it sucks. <laughs> yes. I mean, so, I haven't seen anything that he's done in three years. What has he done? A, a policy? Uh, Give me one policy that he's. I mean, that he's anything. Um. I mean, I can give you policies he's made, but I can't say that they're positive policies. Um, uh, honestly, I can't <laughs> think of. Oh, I can't think of. A, I can't think of a positive one. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I can't think of a positive. See, exactly. <laughs> he's had three years, and you can't think of one. Yeah. Okay, give me one good thing that he's done in three years. We won't even say policy. One good thing that he's done for humanity in three years. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. For for the people out there, I'm a political scientist. Like, so, like, this is what I study. So, it's for me to say that I can't see anything is a gigantic indictment on. Yes, <laughs> I mean he's had three years, and you can't think of one thing that he's done for this country. Something is wrong. He could have did one thing every year. Yeah. Nothing, nothing at all. It's been chaos and confusion from day one. All these trials and all. For one, I feel like that's a waste of our time and our money because I knew nothing was gonna happen. So that was a waste of time. That was probably about a year that he was the yeah. president. I mean, we've just been wasting time and money on this guy and he has to go. Yeah. And I think you, you bring up a good point that, and that's that like a lot of people are playing from the, this normal playbook. Like, oh, he's a criminal. We'll take him to trial. He'll go to jail. No, <laughs> he's the president of the United States. Right. Like you don't, you can't <laughs> just throw him out. Right. We, are, we are realizing how weak how weak democracy really is in America. Um, well, I knew because, that. <laughs> yeah, and many and many people didn't. I, I think, and you said this earlier about uh, the conversations with uh, with us. But military members see things from a different perspective than the rest of the world sees things. Yes. And we've always looked up and seen the president and thought this man could do so much damage. And we've like as military members who deployed we have seen the direct reaction mm -hmm. of a presidential's a president's idea. Oh yes. Like, whether it be the death of our friends and family members or it be the death and destruction of other countries. Mm -hmm. Like as they swing their pen, so swings the sword. Yes. Uh, and and I think because we've seen that, we understand that a trial isn't gonna be enough to destroy a president. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. Right. And I think also that when you're in the military, you're conditioned. Because I can remember when Obama won. I was the first sergeant in Italy. And when he won, I wanted to go in front of the formation and I wanted to do cartwheels and I wanted <laughs> to say, yes, wonderful. Oh, my gosh, we got a black president. I couldn't do that. I could not because either way go, they were going to be my commander in chief. Yep. So when I went out to formation, I said, uh, congratulations to our new commander in chief, you know, and, and that's pretty much all I could say. I couldn't show joy or anything like that, because regardless of who won, they were still going to be my commander in chief and nothing yep. was going to change, you know, my lifestyle in the military. I wish I was as disciplined as you, because <laughs> I was in Iraq uh, at the time uh, when he was elected, and I was actually the voting rep. So I was in charge of getting everyone the opportunity to vote. So mm -hmm. uh, that night, the, it was nighttime when, I, when we found out um, Barack Obama won, 
people started calling my my uh, ECP, my entry control point. Like, hey, congratulations, congratulations. I'm like, yo, I didn't win the election. <laughs> like, I know I'm black and like and a man, but I didn't win the election. So I I went to my uh, formation the next day and I was like, boom, y'all see that victory? Like, we got this. Like, and like everybody was like, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And like, yo, I was, I was going crazy because I wasn't an NCO yet. So I didn't know, I didn't know any better. Okay. But like, but then when Trump was coming up and like, and he was, he was running and then he won the Republican um, nomination. Mm -hmm. I started saying to people, you really need to think about who you want to have the gun. You really need to think about what you're going to do and what he's going to do to us military members. Please mm -hmm. think mm -hmm. about us when you're making your decision. Yeah, and I, I I was a leader then, so now it was it was I was more sober, like about mm -hmm. the decisions that had to be made. And then yes. when he won, and when he won, I was I was so disappointed. Mm -hmm. I it it wasn't that I was disappointed in like you know Republicans voting for Trump. Yeah. I was just I was just disappointed in America saying that Barack Obama was so bad that we were willing to gamble to like with the lives of military members mm -hmm. because to me that was that was the equation. Yes. So you're willing to gamble military lives because you didn't like what the heritage of somebody that you didn't that you didn't like the corporate backing of people. Okay, I can deal with it. I can deal with you don't like corporations being in politics, but don't mm -hmm. make it like the richest guy that's ever been president isn't gonna be backed by corporations. Like it just right. doesn't fit. So for me, it felt like people were making excuses for racism. And and that's, and in a way that's wrong. It's really wrong because I can't attribute everything that I can't attribute every person that voted for Trump as being racist. I want to. I really, really want to. <laughs> it, it's, it's hard for me not to. It is. It, I have watched myself because it, it's hard to separate. It's hard to separate the two. I mean, I have unfriended someone because they said, um, I don't know why they're doing these protests. That burned my heart. So I looked on that person's page to see the the type of friends she had as in race. It was two and both of us worked with her. Two out of all of her friends and she had over a hundred. Two and we both worked with her. I unfriended her. Yeah. I, and then but then I, I it started getting bad because then I started going through all of my friends and looking at their friends and, and I said wait a minute stop it that was yeah. an isolated incident don't look at everybody else the same way you look at her so I had to stop myself because I was just so angry that she said that because I'm thinking because she's older than me so yeah. she definitely should know why everyone is protesting yeah she really should like that. that's and actually, I will say this, her being older than you may be a reason why she doesn't understand because she may be protected from that information because of the people that she surrounds herself by. And, and that's why I think when you said perspective of diversity in the military is such a big thing for kids, like we are seeing now the product of a lack of diversity in a generation and the product mm. of diversity in a generation clashing yes i didn't think about that you are so right oh my gosh so like and and because of that um like there are people who really don't understand what's going on right now right like and there are people who understand very well and the people who understand very well what's going on they are angry angry at the oh, people yeah. who don't because they're like how could you not see this but just as much as the person who doesn't understand what's going on, uh, they have to 
you know, bend their ear to listen to what's mm -hmm. happening. The people who do know what's going on have to have the patience to talk and not yes. scream. Yes, yes. And understand why they don't understand. Exactly. If, I mean, if you give somebody steak every day, every day for years, and then you try to give them something else. Wait a minute. I, I've been having steak all this time. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's healthy. I don't know what it's going to do to my body. Yep. So it's and and then the difference is so big as far as her generation and a generation now, because I'm telling these young kids, I have to applaud them because they have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They have the energy, the motivation, the dedication. Uh, when I went to Louisville about two weeks ago, I went to the uh, Breonna Taylor Memorial. It's called yeah. Memorial Park. Do you know they have shifts? Somebody is there all the time. They have a table with snacks on it. And I'm talking about someone, a group of people are always there. They are fighting for justice for this young lady 24-7. And when I saw that, my heart just dropped. And I was like, the dedication. Uh, I mean, and they probably were, it might have been some family members, but they could have been friends or they could have just been just people who know the situation. So I'm yeah. telling you, these young kids, <laughs> they are they are our future. And I don't yeah. know if that's a good thing or bad thing sometimes. Well, I will say this though, like that, like that dedication comes from a place of like, they understand what's at stake. And yeah. I I have this argument uh, with my father quite a bit about um, about not under, like about his generation not understanding how desperate my generation and the, the next generation is. Because mm -hmm. we see, okay, rising tide of racism, corporations making money and we're making mm -hmm. none, joblessness of millennials who are getting out of college, mm -hmm. um, the world burning down. Um, yes, environment. See, yes. Yeah, we see authoritarian uh, authoritarianism on the rise, and we don't see any solutions. Yeah. So, yeah. like, so of course, as NLK said, writing is the language of the is the language of the unheard. Mm. So, what's about to happen, and what's happening now is, like, one generation is saying, "Ah, we're not listening. We got this." And the younger generation's like, cool. <laughs> All right. We're going to make you listen. Yes. And they are. And they yes. are. And it's beautiful, though. It's beautiful. But some things I think that they need to talk to us about before they do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we didn't say take Angie Mama off the syrup bottle. We didn't oh, say yeah, take yeah, yeah. Uncle Ben off the rice. I mean, listen to us. Stop doing things thinking that that's going to solve racism. I'm not looking at syrup saying, oh, you're racist because you put Angela. Yeah. Listen to us and stop just doing things, just thinking that it's going to pacify us because it's not. We're looking for big changes, not no syrup bottle or no rice package. And so I think just this is listen. The, this is the difference between the, the Killer Mike, Bernie Sanders, uh, kind of liberal and the Elizabeth Warren uh, hyper social justice warrior liberal. Like one is concerned about the message, mm -hmm. like the pictures, like, oh, saying the right words, Latin X, uh, uh, ethnic people, <laughs> like words like that. And then yes. you have Killer Mike over here saying, I don't care what you say. I care about what you're doing. Like exactly. you can call me, you can call me whatever you want, but you need you go, you're going to need to do something for me for you to get my vote. Yes, yes, so, I understand that. I understand so, that. Now, why do you think Biden is not a good choice? Well, let me count the ways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you three. I'm gonna okay. give you three reasons why I don't think he's a good choice. One, I don't feel like he. He has an, a deep understanding of the direction that the country is going as far as his own party. I'm not even talking about the entire country. He doesn't even understand his own party. Most people in his own party don't understand his own party. 
Um, and that's mm-hmm. because um, you have an aging generation of liberals that they don't care about what's happening on the ground. Um, and that's partially because of money and politics, which brings me to number two. Mm-hmm. He is too entrenched with companies and corporations. And that money that lines his pocket is also basically the blood that moves his body. So he can't do anything outside of what he's paid to do. And so now see, I it, learned that I learned that from Keith that I, I didn't know that. I learned that from Keith and I was like, I get it. I I mean, I was like, I get Dante what he was saying. It's kind of the same person, but it's not, I get it. I didn't know that. I didn't research enough. The same people are paying both of them. Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah, and and that's the thing that like I guess I I kind of I was screaming about. I was like, yo, listen, everyone, listen to me. But again, screaming at people doesn't make people listen. <laughs> so, and number three, uh, my third reason is he's going to do nothing. Like, <laughs> I what? I, and I I want you to tell me honestly, what has he said he's going to do? Well, I thought about that too. And so I'm going to make an excuse for him. He hasn't said he's going to do anything because basically he don't have to. He can say what he's not going to (laughs) do. I mean, I'm just, I'm not saying for me, I'm saying here's what people are looking at. He don't have to say nothing. Just say that you ain't going to do what the joker that's in the White House is doing. If you tell me I'm not doing that, 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 get him out. Okay, we'll vote for you. Because right now, right, and I know that's wrong, but I'm telling you, this is how people are thinking. Because right now, we want him out, and we'll talk about what we want you to do once you get him out, which probably won't be the first four years because we're going to have to recover from the last four years. So by the time we say, here's what we want you to do, it's going to be too late. It's going to be time for somebody else. Yes, I see somebody else is in the recording right now. Um, we're recording we're recording <laughs> sorry <laughs> so no you're fine so no but you're right like that is how people are thinking people think that oh okay we're going to um, we're going to just stay the course and things will be fine what what millennials and zennials are thinking right now and, and uh, Gen Z are thinking right now is how were things under Obama like were they good for everybody. Well, how are things under Bush? Were they good for everybody? Do we want to go back to that? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no, they weren't good. Like we still had poverty. We still had economic uh, injustices. We still had, well, justice injustices. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still had situations where there were large parts of the country, white, black, all kinds of uh, coming from all backgrounds that were just mm-hmm. ignored. And that's what got Trump elected. So Biden at the very base, like the very basics he could say is like, I'm going to make sure I address the things that got Trump elected as opposed to, I don't care about Trump. I'm not running against Trump. I'm running against Trump problems. So mm. the problems that Trump said he was going to fix, he didn't fix I'm Here's the problems that you said you were mad about. Republicans and Democrats, these are your problems. Bop, 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 mm-hmm. bop, bop. Mm-hmm. Here are my plans. Bop, 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 bop. He hasn't done them. He's had three years. What has he done? I'll wait. Oh, he hasn't <laughs> done anything. So I guess he doesn't care about your problems. I do. Vote for me. <laughs> very, very easy. Just understanding right. that there are problems is something, mm-hmm. something good. But it's like I said before, like, He's telling us what he's running against. He's not telling us what he's running for. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, like, I always was like, "Yo, this guy's just a puppet. Like, someone's just in. Like, his body's there, and someone's just going on like this to make him live. Like, because I can't see what he's doing." I'll bring up number four just because, like, this makes me mad. He says, "I will make a, I will make a black woman my vice president." Now, on the surface, that seems like a great idea. Now, did he However, say that or did we say that's who he needs to pick? 
Did he, he say it after we told him that's who he needs to pick, or did he yeah. say it before we told him? He said that after we told him. Exactly. But my problem with that is I don't want you to just pick a black woman. I feel the same way. Why, you know, and me and Keith had a talk about this. So you're picking a black woman so that you can get the votes. Yeah. You know, are are you trying to look like uh, you're diverse? You know, that's my only problem with him picking a black woman is why are you picking it? But then talking to Keith, Keith said, okay, why do you think Obama picked him? I know why he picked him. Because white people weren't comfortable voting for a black guy. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, and and he said he brought also the older generation, yeah. and I was like, okay. So then I said, well, then if Obama trusts him, why shouldn't I? I I have a reason here. <laughs> may, may I? So you, like so, Bi- like Obama picked Biden to pick up older industrial voters who yes. weren't necessarily comfortable with picking Barack Obama for whatever reason, right? right? All the people that would not vote for Barack Obama, plus all the people that would normally vote for Barack Obama, the normal Democratic voter, will mm-hmm. vote, vote for Biden. Biden doesn't have that barrier. By being a Democrat, Black people will vote for him. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Black people are entrenched Democrats. So if, yeah. so if he says he's a Democrat, he doesn't have to win the Black vote. That's what bothers me about the Black vote, honestly. What mm-hmm. bothers me about the about the black vote is we don't make people earn it. All <laughs> you hear is moderates. Oh, we got to do this and this and this for the moderates. What? Why? It's like, oh, because <laughs> they might they might vote for the other guy. But that's that's the thing. That's the genius of moderate of moderates because they may vote for somebody else. You have to listen to them. That's why. And this is what makes me go angry when I start talking this way. That's why the younger generation is like, cool, we won't vote. Good luck. And but see, that, get, see, that angers me. Okay. <laughs> okay, and I'm not going to say because I did feel like this and that's not true. I used to say a non-vote is a vote for the person that I don't want in office. Not yeah. true. It, it, it's not true. I had to get educated on that. Keith educated me on that. But it just makes me angry that you have that right, but you feel that somebody is just so bad, that they're just so bad that you're just not going to vote, period. But then I feel like if you don't vote, don't you say nothing for four years. Don't I don't want you to say nothing about health care, your yeah. salary. I don't want you to say don't get no stimulus check. You don't need to get nothing because you've done nothing. Ah, but there's the thing. Mm-hmm. Haven't we though? Haven't like if someone doesn't vote and they vote like let's say down ballot, they vote mm-hmm. for their senator, their local, mm-hmm. uh, the local congressman, so on and so forth. They're still voting. They just don't think that either person at the top earned those those votes, or they vote green because they know voting green doesn't isn't going to do anything. So <laughs> like like oh I voted for a president, I voted for the Green Party, and people are like oh you like I voted so I can complain. Like, if we voted, if you got the Green Party guy, this wouldn't be happening. Like, somebody's <laughs> going to get the Green Party guy. Shut up. <laughs> but but that, that kind of um, idea, though, that you had that, oh, okay, not voting, uh, like it's a vote for the other guy, or not voting, uh, like not, not voting disqualifies you from having an opinion. I think that's wrong simply because it's protesting. What's a strike? A strike is saying, oh, you don't respect me, so I'm not going to work. Not, I'm going to work worse, or I'm going to work for the competitor. No, it's, I'm not going to work. So if you want my vote, you need to do something for me, or I'm not going to work for you. And so the problem with this, though, is that because so many people think, just like you think, on both sides of the parties, in the Republican <laughs> Party, that, that same that same idea is there. Believe yeah. me, there are there are populist right-wingers that hate the Republican Party. Just like me, a populist left-winger hates what's happening to the Democratic Party. Yeah. But we both understand that we're not in the majority. People who think like you are, so we have to vote. 
even though neither one of us want to. Right, right. Good. And I, and I feel like if that's if that's the pressure you need to vote, vote. I, you don't have to tell me who you vote for. You don't have to vote for who I vote for, but vote. But because the problem voting is, is your voice. I don't yeah, want to know. If you didn't vote for who I voted for, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is, the problem is like, nothing's going to change. Like, and that that's, that's the big fear. Like, the big reason not to vote isn't because I don't like Biden. Like, I don't. But that's not the big reason. The big reason is, you know, I want things to change. And if I vote for him, I'm just telling the people that are in charge that I'll keep doing whatever they say. That I'll just keep going along because he's better than the other guy, but not really. Like So less of two evils. Yeah, but that's the thing. The lesser of two evils are evil. Like, and like, I, I've never been the kind of person that gambles. I hate gambling, actually, because mm-hmm. I hate losing money. Me like, too. But I feel like either way, I'm losing money. It's just, am I losing money and my dignity? Like, so, like, with with Biden, I feel like I'm losing my money. With Trump, I feel like I'm losing my money and my dignity. Like, mm-hmm. But and there's nothing I can do about it either way. Like, it's either I vote for one or I vote for the other or I don't vote. And I'm still waiting for Biden to say something, to pick somebody that would make me say, okay, this will be going in the right direction. But there were just negotiations last uh, last week. There were negotiations between the Biden campaign and the Bernie Sanders coalition because of all the delegates that Bernie Sanders won. There has to be a negotiation. Biden conceded nothing, nothing to the left side. Now to the right side, he conceded. And so, and that, and, and again, it just goes back to the fact that you will concede to that, to who has the stick. And right mm-hmm. now the moderates have the stick. Cause the moderates are like, cool, bet, we'll vote for Trump. Like, and like no no left wing po- uh, populist can be like, okay, we'll vote for Trump then. Like no one's, <laughs> no one yeah. would say that. All we can say is we won't vote. And, but then people will go behind us and say, oh, well, you guys never voted, so it doesn't matter anyway. Cool, win then. Like, but the thing is, okay, so how many times are you gonna do that? What if in four years, it's the same situation? Are you gonna continue to not vote until? We would vote for somebody. We, we The same thing like, all right, so this year it was Biden, or sorry, it was Biden, Bernie, we picked Bernie. Some people picked Elizabeth Warren, she's a snake. Anyway. I don't know who did. <laughs> so we like most left-wing populists pick Bernie Sanders because he has populist ideas. He didn't win. I have my opinion about why he didn't win, but he didn't win. Yeah. Next time around, four years, because Biden's not going to run for elect- re-election. Thank God. Um, there will be another progressive there. I wish it was AOC. She's too young. Um, so somebody else will be there waiting in the progressive wing. We will put all our chips on that progressive mm-hmm. person again, and. What's been happening though is more people have been voting progressive every single election cycle. Yeah. So we're seeing that movement. And and honestly, I'm so happy to see mainstream like celebrities like honestly, Killer Mike, I don't know if you ever listened to anything. Yes, I have. I have. The things he say, they merge the things that the right wing believes and the things that the left wing believes. So I think in him, you can see how, okay, you can be black, you can believe in, uh, have like second amendment, second, uh, excuse me, the second amendment, but also believe in taking care of your people and taking care of your community. So, yeah, but I think that a lot of people don't understand him and don't relate to him. Like, I think that the younger generation you know, they're just now understanding who he is, what he stands for, and they're starting to listen to him. But at first they were like, oh, this old cat, blah, 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 blah. But now they're getting it. So maybe in four years, you know, it but might be also, different. We also have, um, what's their face? Uh, we also have uh, Senator Nina, Nina Turner, uh, who was the campaign manager for Bernie Sanders. And I, I have said to everyone who will listen, if Biden picked Nina Turner as his vice president, like it has nothing to do with her being a black woman, it has everything to do with what she believes in. Mm-hmm. I will wear a Biden t-shirt everywhere I go. You stop it. 
I would. Stop it. That's how much I believe in her. Yeah. Not him, yeah. her. So it's it's the best thing that we can do while not voting, if we're not going to vote, is developing mm-hmm. community leaders who will be ready to step up when the time comes to mm-hmm. actually win. Yeah. And win on principles, not win because you're better you're, or you're not, you're the lesser of two evils. Win because you are good. And also win on a good campaign because these reputation smears and that's not what it's about. Yeah, no. But, but it's it's not ridiculous now because I mean the commercials are just just awful. Disgusting. It, yeah, they're disgusting. Yeah, it, it's just they're piecing together stuff and putting together things that the person didn't say, and it's just I think I've seen one for Trump and I've seen one for Biden. Yeah, I've only seen two commercials, the same two commercials over and over. Yeah, and I, like honestly, it's only going to get worse until people get better. Like people need to understand that your democracy re- reflects you. Oh. So if if you don't like what's going on at the top, you need to be looking inside and seeing what's going on with you. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's a hard conversation that people have to have because no one wants to admit that they are part of the problem that that they are sending up into their government. Like, but your government reflects you. So if you don't care about look like you don't care about poor people, homeless people, veterans, mm-hmm. why would your government officials care about them? Like, why would they make policies that care about them when you don't? So And I think it's because they're not in that situation. So no, they don't care about those people because they've never been there, don't know what it's about, and so they can't relate. And that's the thing. Selfish. Selfishness and voting is something that I, I, I've always really like really hated because I, I felt like, yes, you're voting. Your vote is your responsibility, but you are responsible for your community. So if mm. I'm voting, if I'm voting for something, like I need to not only think about how this is going to make my life better, I need to think about how it's going to make my community better. Now, in the instance that I'm a, uh, I live abroad. So when I think about my community, I think about my mm-hmm. family. Okay. Like, what are the problems that my family are going to see on a day-to-day basis, is, mm-hmm. whether it be in whatever industry they're in or whatever age group they're in? What is the biggest problem for each age group that my family members are in? And I'm going to vote to that. So I thought about health. Um, mm-hmm. I thought about education. I thought about job opportunities. Those are my three things. And when I did that, that calculation in my head mm-hmm. it was clear to me who to vote for and i'll make that calculation again in november okay yeah. when i think about health who has a plan not trump when i think about <laughs> education who has a plan not trump when when i think about uh, industry and job creation who has a plan nah not trump so i'm i'm i'm, a, I'm willing to bet that i'm not voting for trump like i'll fill in the name when biden says something mm-hmm. but I think we're all waiting for this storm to pass. Yeah. But we, but we are the storm. Like mm-hmm. we are, we are the That's ones deep. that are allowing these things to happen. We are the ones that are making these people, or making these politicians do what they're doing. And I think the Black Lives Matter movement is showing people that when all the people move in one direction, mm. the system moves in that direction. That's so true. That is so, so true. I hope it expands to to more politics and not just you know the social um, aspects of Black Lives Matter. Though I I want the, the movement to continue because we haven't seen anything. What have they done? They haven't even uh, arrested the people that killed Breonna Taylor. Right, right. So well, but I'm telling you, they're they're nonstop because um, I, I think and I think that what other people are trying to do is distract us too. Absolutely. I see that and I'm like, wait a minute, let's just stay focused here. Stop showing this on the news. What about this? You know, look at my right hand so you won't see what my left hand is doing. And I think it's a lot of that going on. We have to stay focused, but our attention span is so short. Yeah. News <laughs> did that. News, news made our attention span uh, so short. We got 30 seconds to give you the news. So we're going to give you this, 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 this. And you don't have time to process it. Um, I, I used to talk about this uh, about people at war. Um, between battles, 
you used to walk. You used to walk from battle to battle. That's and right. That, that time period of walking allowed you to process that pain and, mm -hmm. the, and the mental anguish that you had to deal with taking a life. But now in war, you don't have that. You drive your truck out, pop, pop, pop. You drive your truck to a new place, pop, pop, pop. Yes. It's so fast that your mind doesn't have a chance to process that pain and social destruction to mm -hmm. yourself. And because of that, you have PTSD at a higher rate. Ex exactly. Because when you do settle down, then that's when you have to process everything all at once. And you can't. That's why you have the suicide rate so high. Because yes. Exactly. And mm -hmm. now transition that to the news where you're getting information, information, information. And you can't process everything. So what do you do? I don't even care. I don't even care. <laughs> like, like that's what people are doing. Yeah. But not only like, that, I though, this one <laughs> news that I watched, it comes on at 430 in the morning. And I kid you not, you're right. They give news in 30 minutes. And every 30 minutes, minutes they say the same thing they recorded the first 30 and then they play that over and over until seven o'clock in the morning i kid you not it comes on at 4 30 every 30 minutes it's the same story and i'm listening to this all night because i keep my television on all night yeah. so i can tell you everything that happened in 30 minutes so it, it and i think it's, it's it'll program you if yeah. you're not careful, the news will program you into thinking things that are not true. So you have to go out there and research for yourself. Okay, yeah, they said this happened, but that was just the overview. Now let me dig a little deeper and see what the real story is. Yeah, and I think that, that and I think that's something that um, that we can kind of um, grab taking away from this is supporting having conversations, having conversations with their kids, having conversations with someone who thinks like you, having conversations mm -hmm. with people who don't think like you. Yes, yes. So your, your information needs to be as diverse as this world is because it's all coming from different places. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I know I listen to a bunch of independent media. I, I listen to uh, The Rising with the, or The Rising, um, it's a YouTube uh, news by The Hill. Mm -hmm. Um, which has someone on the right, someone on the left, actually talking about what's happening and how it affects all people. Okay. So it, it's not just a, oh, we're Democrats and we believe this, we're Republicans and we believe, mm -hmm. believe this. No, both of them have the same idea and their idea is we believe that people should be taken care of. We just differ on how. Mm -hmm. And then they, they, they give the news through that lens. Okay, this is what's happening. Here, here's how it affects you here's a better way it could be like nice. here's and then here's your choices like here's who you can elect that that thinks like this who here's who opposes who thinks like this like so mm. it uh, it gives you the information to process for yourself and then it gives you links to go research it for yourself i like that so like anyone who's listening i i really would encourage you to go out and have these conversations and to look up independent media sources get away from the msnbc's the cnn's yes, the fox CNN. news yes. the blaze get away from all of those and start thinking for yourselves and start having those conversations for yourselves and learning from the people around you i like that but all right so we're, we're gonna wrap things up but i want to give you an opportunity um to like kind of give people your message um as you're going away i mean what would you like to say to the people out there the WBO listeners oh gosh ah you know i'm shy i'm an introvert this is the most i've <laughs> talked in in weeks you know like you said do your research don't vote for someone because they're your same race your same gender you know do your research which candidate is more towards your values and your morals i mean looking at the two but i feel like you know you have to you have to do your research and, and vote i know you might not like who's on the ballot but please vote you know your ancestors fought for your vote so vote use it um and just don't get into political arguments with people because of their views just be open because at first i wasn't you know, be open because they might teach you something that you didn't know, like Keith did with me. I didn't understand your views, 
But now it's like, oh my gosh, I get it. I understand. So just be open to listen to other people because they might teach you something that you didn't know. That's perfect. Uh, and if you guys want to learn more about you know, my views or if you want to learn more about the world, please continue listening to Dopio. Our, like, our yes. goal here is to wake you up. And the only oh. way you can wake up is with a dose of information. Yes, yes. And that was our interview with uh, my mom, Kat. Uh, I really appreciated her coming on the show, and um, I'm looking forward to doing more interviews this season. So again, keep listening. This is season two of Dopio, and we're hoping to make it more open, having more conversations, and really just expanding to a new level. Um, So no matter how you take your coffee, whether it's black and bitter, or maybe it's with a little bit of cream, a little bit of sugar, a little bit sweeter. Like we hope that this batch of Dopio wakes you up. Until next time, catch you guys later.